Well, hello, church. Welcome to New Community Elkins Podcast. I'm Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to have you with us. I hope you can enjoy the message. May it encourage you, challenge you, and move you forward in your relationship with Jesus. Well, again, good morning, church. I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, we have a lot to talk about this morning, <laughs> a lot of scripture. Um, that we're going to be looking at. And so hopefully it doesn't uh, you know, get crazy for you. Hopefully it doesn't get you nervous. But there's going to be a lot that we're going to be talking about. Because um, we're taking a step back from our um, sacred space uh, conversation, although there is a place in the sense of what we're going to be talking about today for it to be a sacred space. Um, but we're going to be talking a lot about what's coming up on Tuesday. Right? Because I think that it's, it's hard for us to not acknowledge the fact that we are coming up upon a, a very... T- it's a tense time, right? We've been in a tense time. Let's just be honest with you. It's been a tense time already. And so we are now <laughs> going to be at the point where everything kind of comes together, right? And um, people are going to be going, people have been going to the polls, doing their thing, and that's awesome. And I think that's important. And people are going to be going again on Tuesday to continue the process. And I think, again, that that's awesome. And I don't know about you. But I am kind of getting tired of politics. Um, I'm getting a little bit worn out by it. I'm overwhelmed in a sense. Um, overwhelmed in the sense because I've seen so much anger and hatred and vitriol shared and, and lies and, and just stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be happening. Division that's been created. And and it's been difficult to stay back and i've i've said things i've you know i've i've commented i haven't hopefully i haven't been a part of the division i've shared truth from scripture i've shared my thoughts on things um but i i know that it's been a difficult time for many and many and and we're coming upon much more difficult time um in this because it's going to be hard for us right no matter what it's going to be hard and so how are we supposed to respond? And that's what we're talking about today because I'm not going to – I cannot and I will not ever tell you how I vote and I will never ever tell you how you should vote because that's not my place. And so I want, I want to just say that now, that really it's where you feel you are, you are led to go. And, and I just want to say that because cause I think that what has been happening is that people have been torn apart over this stuff stuff that has no real like i mean in the end really at the end of the day our relationships with each other are more important than than who we vote for and we're gonna be talking about that i want us to understand that there's stuff in scripture that points to how we should be responding and how we will how we should be responding after the election how we should be responding now to each other and we're gonna be talking about that so so I know that once you've already heard this, some of you have already said, I don't want to hear it. But, you know, I feel like this is probably one of the most important messages I'll be preaching right now. Because Christ came to set us free. Christ came to set an example. Christ came to let us live in freedom and let us live so we can have a right relationship with each other, but a right relationship with our Creator. And I feel like we're at a place now where that right relationship with each other is is dissipating it's going away because of the season that we're in so let's look at this a little bit we're gonna have to it's hard but we're gonna have to 
Because I want to remind you that when Jesus came into this world, he did not say that his kingdom was of this world, that it was of another place, and that if his people were going to be fighting and doing anything to create tension, whatever, like then he would have had them doing it. But he never had them do that. He had a plan that was beyond here. And so he has a call for us as his people to be responding correctly, honorably, and glorifying to his name not a party, but his kingdom. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going I'm, I'm to ask that you join me in prayer. Pray for me as I give this message because it's been hard for me to prepare it. It's been, it's been tough because I knew what was going to be happening today. So I'm going to ask that you just pray for me, but I'll be praying for you in this time. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. And God, we... We are with you this morning. You are with us this morning. And God, may we remember your promises. May we rest in your truth. And God, may we see may we see what Scripture has to say to us this morning about the time that we're in. Lord, may we honor your name. May we glorify your name in all that we do. The church has a role to play in all of this. May we be a right example for you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. So we're going to be looking at some words that are written from Paul. We're going to be actually looking through several pieces um, that are written by Paul, but we're also going to be looking into some Old Testament. We're going to be talking about some, uh, just a lot. So join me in that. Let's go to the first section of Scripture, and we'll talk about why we're talking about this first. It actually might be self-explanatory. We'll see. But here we go. So this is in, of course, this is in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, beginning of verse 10. And we're going to be going through uh, verse uh, 17 in, in this. So if you want to pull up your scriptures, you can, or you can just read along or hear me read. So here, here it is. So I appeal to you, brothers. Oh, wait, sorry. I started on the wrong spot. Of course I did. That's how it works. Um, there we go. Okay. So I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the, in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you are baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. I love that point. Anyway, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. You see, Paul wrote this to a church that was that had some tension growing, right? Quarreling amongst themselves. People who were trying to say that, look it, I'm better because I believe in this guy, or I've been following this guy, or this guy's this guy's my guy, and I'm following him, and I'm better. And they started fighting amongst themselves. And Paul had to respond saying, Look, slow down. You're fighting amongst yourselves. And you're creating a division within the church. 
and you're 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 causing yourselves to get so worked up over man, some men who may have done something great at some point in time for you, or may represent something great for you, or whatever. But because of these men, you're resting in them, and you're fighting with each other over them. And he's saying, is Christ divided? Did Paul die for you? Did any of these men die for you on the cross? No. So then, why are you becoming so worked up over them? You see, you've created this dividing line saying, I am for this guy or I am for this guy. And if I'm not for, if you're not for this guy, then you must be out of the church. You must not be a part of this. You must be wrong. You must be, and if you're this guy, then you must be, and, and all of that ugliness has infiltrated the church of Corinth. Paul got wind of it and he had to respond. And unfortunately, we are seeing the same division for this guy and this guy, right? You got uh, put them on whatever side you want to put them on. And you've created this division within the church saying, well, if you're not for him, then you must not be for the church. And if you're not for him, then you must not be for the church. You know what? I, I'm going to tell you right now what Paul is writing here. Is, is Christ divided? Is Christ divided? He should not be. In fact, what we should be seeing is more unity saying, look, you're for, cool, you're for this person, cool, you're for this person, let's talk about it, let's understand why you're for these people, and then just say, okay, that's your freedom, that's where you're at, okay, do what you're going to do. That person holds some value to you, that person holds value to you. This person holds value to you, that person holds value to you. But no matter what, Christ is our center and should never be divided should never have anything dividing us because that is not who christ is never came into this world to create division except for dividing who's going to follow him and who's not but if you're following him then you're following him and you're in this together and what Paul is saying at this point in time is like, look, I am not going to come at you with a bunch of eloquent word, eloquent words because I do not want to have me being the central focus of your following of Jesus or your representation of the church because Christ is the center. He is number one. And if he is the one we follow, if he is the one we believe in, then that's who we trust and that's who we follow and that's who we say, that is my central focus. I'm going to listen to what Christ teaches and I'm going to follow that. I'm going to listen to what Christ brings value to, and I'm going to bring value to that. Cool. You're on this side, you're on this side, whatever. Christ is not divided. We're still the church, and we still need to be unified, and we still need to be on his purpose and his mission to love the world around us, because that's the call. You see, that's the call that we hold. Because no matter what, we have to remember that God is our central authority. We actually see this, another piece of scripture, because if we're going to be, again, if we're going to be looking at all of this, and there's been this like kind of this, if you if you go this way, then then oh, you're, you're creating turmoil. You're going this way, you're creating turmoil. If, for some reason, we think we have authority in this. And if we believe scripture, if you're a follower of Christ and you believe scripture, we're going to see this in Romans 13.1. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. You see, when you see those words, God's an authority. You can, you can vote however you want to vote. Do what you want to do. 
But if you believe scripture and you rest in scripture, no matter what, you have a place to remember that God is an ultimate authority. So whoever is placed in that office is not because of what we've done. It's really because of what God has done, if we believe scripture. So you can't say, well, this person is, because all leaders are put into place by God. And we can't use scripture to support our narrative and only ours, only our agenda when it fits. Because we want to say you need to be subject to your governing authorities when it's the authority that we want to respect ourselves, right? So we can't separate. We can't pick and choose when we're going to stand for certain parts of Scripture and not stand for certain parts of Scripture. If it says it here for all authority, right, because let every person, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Well, then guess what? If the candidate you don't, don't that you didn't vote for wins and ends up in the place that they're in, it could be whatever place of government you're thinking right now. We have a responsibility to remember that God is in authority over it all. And we trust his authority. It may cause tension. It may cause us to feel uneasy. But if he is in authority and he has it in his hand, then we need to trust him. We cannot allow the church, the people, to be divided. And we cannot be a part of the division. Because that's not who we're called to be. Christ came. Christ came to die for us, to give us freedom, to give us a life to live, focus on him. And again, we have to look at his teaching and really that is what should guide our politics. Andy Stanley, I'm going to be quoting him a couple times, but Andy Stanley said at one point, he said, we can never let politics define our faith. Our faith has to define our politics. And when he said those words, this is really where it's at. When you see what's in scripture from Jesus, that's what guides us and where we go. And you focus on those words. You don't focus on, on your opinion. You don't focus on, you look at what Jesus said and you go toward that. And if you find things in there that and you can find it to balance either side you really can so you have to find out where your convictions lie and what you're going with and that's what you go with but no matter what it does not divide the church it never should because christ is not divided so what you follow apollo so what you follow paul so what if they, they're the ones that baptized you you were not baptized in their name you were not created by them you were not they did not go to the cross for you. Jesus did. He's your authority. He is the one who guides you. And again, when we look at this too, because he gave us something. And this is what we need to hold on to as the church because now we're moving into a season where these words have to come true, be true to us and what we're going to be doing in this time. 2 Corinthians, we see these words, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. 
Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. We have been given this ministry of reconciliation. We have a role to play to carry the good news of Jesus Christ, be ambassadors of his good news. But now here's the problem. Going back to what was talked about, we cannot be a church that's divided. We cannot be people who represent Christ and be divided. There's no unity in that. If we cannot reconcile within ourselves as the church, how can we point the world to reconciliation with their creator? When we're the ones who represent him. If we are the ones that represent our creator and we can't even reconcile it with ourselves, how are we going to try to point the world to reconciliation with their creator? That is the problem. And that's where our mind has to come back to. That's where our heart has to come back to. Our words have to come back to. When we are speaking hateful words on whatever side you're on toward another person, that is wrong. And let's take it, even if you're pointing at that one candidate, right, which is not okay anyway, but let's say we point it at people who follow that one candidate and we're saying hateful words to them and calling them names, and call, then we are actually doing things that are not Christ-like. That is not what Jesus taught us to do. In no way, shape, or form did Jesus ever say the words, only speak kindly to those who are like you. He actually said, pray for your enemies. Speak kindly to them, love them, because that's actually going to be harder on them. And when he actually gave the Sermon on the Mount, after giving all the guidelines and guidance on the Sermon on the Mount, when he pointed all the things that he wanted them to do, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 5, he actually said that's when the world is going to be against you, is when you're following his teachings. It, it, that's his teaching. Be a peacemaker. Be humble. Be kind in your words. Be meek. Hunger for righteousness. Look, hunger and thirst for what is right in God's eyes. And God has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. This is in Micah 6, 8. He says, love mercy, do justly, and walk humbly. So if you want to seek what's right and pursue what is right in the eyes of God, then look to Micah 6, 8 and do that. And that's what the world is supposed to hate of us, not our hate back. They're not going to hate us because of our hate back. They're actually going to be like, no, that's good. You're just like us. But then they kind of say, you're a hypocrite. You say you follow Christ, but you're going to go ahead and hate. They want to see the division within us. Why? Because that kind of fits the narrative, right? But when they see unity and connection, they're saying, no, wait a second. That's not what it's supposed to be. And that's what they're going to struggle with. 
because they don't want to see unity. They want to see division. They want to see fighting. They want to see turmoil. They want to see hate and anger overrun us. The enemy wants that. And right now the enemy is winning. We know who wins in the end, but right now the enemy is having a fun time in this battle because he's watching the church bicker over Apollos or Paul. And he's seeing us tear each other apart. And then he's seeing us being voices of anger and hate to the world because they stand with Apollos or Paul. You see, this is this is the this is the frustration that that we carry and this is what I'm carrying right now as a pastor and as a as a leader in the church we we have a responsibility to be speaking truth into this world and our truth is is being clouded by our hate and our fear yeah i say fear i say fear and this is this is something big right here that i want to talk about is that I've seen a lot of fear-mongering on both sides. I'm not going to lie. I have, I have some tension on both sides. I, I, I don't know what's going to come. I don't, I don't know what, what's going to be happening after whoever goes into the places that they're going to be going into after Tuesday. I don't know. I, it's there, though. And, it, and it's okay to have some tension and have some fear and have to a degree right it's okay to have that's a healthy thing and and i think that it's healthy because it keeps you humble really because you know you're it's out of your control it's out of your control but the thing is though again this is where we can't pick and choose because i've seen a lot of people on one side saying don't be so fearful over a virus quit the fear mongering over a virus something that's killing hundreds of thousands of people But be fearful over a candidate. Be fearful over who goes into the White House. Be fearful over who's in whatever place of government. You see, we're, we're speaking out of both sides of our mouths. And that is not biblical. That is not Christian. Because again, if we trust who's in authority, then we don't fear that kind of stuff. We don't. You can say, I'm not afraid of this. I have some tension toward it. I have a little bit of, uh, like, what's going to happen if something happens with this? And it's a real thing because we're human. But if we rest in God's authority, then we don't fear monger. Right? We don't, we don't keep pointing to all the things that could happen. We just trust God. And we don't be a part of the division calling names and calling, calling using hate speech to, to promote our side. Why? Because that is not reconciling. That's not reconciling anything. And Andy Stanley, again, Andy Stanley said these words. Um, I'm not the, I had it right here. It says, your candidate will win or lose based on how America votes on Tuesday. But the church wins or loses based on how Christians respond in the days that follow. 
You see, we have a place to love each other. We have a place, a call to bring people back to unity and connection. We cannot be a part of the division. We just can't. It's not our place. Love each other. Love each other. Step into right relationships again. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But in Ecclesiastes, you read these words. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. This is not, this is not the first or the last time we're going to have these kind of conversations, these tensions. As we see in, in Corinthians, right? In, in Corinth, that church was divided over people, over, over man, over someone who has no authority over them really in, in the end. Someone who has no place in the sense of they didn't guide them to eternity. They didn't open the door into a relationship with God. They didn't, they didn't go to a cross for our sins. They didn't come back to, to bring us back into a right relationship with our Creator. They didn't do that. They didn't set up a table for us to sit at. In fact, many of them would probably say, you sit at the back end of the table, right? This is, this is what happens, is that we have put so much trust in these men, and we've lost connection with our Creator. You see, if you're looking for one candidate to be your savior, you're wrong. Because there's only one savior, and that's Jesus Christ. And if you're looking for one candidate to be the reconciler of the world, that's wrong. Because the church carries that ministry. Don't put so much hope in these candidates. Don't put so much hope in what's going to be going on on Tuesday. Don't. Vote. Yes. Do do what you got to do in that. Or, or don't vote if you don't want to. That's okay. I mean, I'm not, I got, that's, that's up to you. And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. But I am going to tell you what the Bible says on how we're supposed to be acting in this season. And how we're supposed to be acting after this is over. Because again, four years from now, that person you vote in, if they win, will be gone. And if we're not careful, our relationships with each other will be too. And that is way more important because we need each other. We need each other in this time. Let's put aside our petty differences. Let's put them aside. Church, we need each other. Again, if we can't reconcile with each other, then how are we going to be able to point people to reconciliation with their Creator? It's going to be very, very difficult. So please, think about your words. Pursue what's right. Think about your words. Think about what you're posting. Think about who you're, who you're blocking and why. 
think about why you're carrying so much hatred towards other people who, just like you, bear the image of God. We're all created in that. And in the end, in the end, he's not going to really come at you saying, oh, well, you know, you voted for this person this person. Mm. You can say, did you love your neighbor well? Did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? Did you care for the prisoner? Did you care for the widow and the orphan? Did you do that? Did you promote unity? Were you a peacemaker? Were you humble? Were you angry? Did you call your brother and sister names because they were thinking differently than you? That's what we're going to be held accountable for. Because that's what I see in Scripture. So let's love each other well. Let's point people to the truth that we have a Savior who came, who loved the world so much that he came to die, not to condemn, but to set us free. That, that should be what drives us, especially on Tuesday. But after Tuesday, may we continue to love each other well and speak love and truth and kindness and mercy and grace and understanding in humility, glorifying our God. Because if you claim him, then your words should demonstrate that and your actions should demonstrate that. Let's be the church. Let's be together. Apollos and Paul, thank you for what you've done. But Christ, be magnified. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for who he is to us, our Savior, our King, our Lord. Thank you for his authority. Thank you for your authority. Thank you for the Spirit's authority. Guide us, Lord. Father, we repent. We come before you now asking for forgiveness of the, of the things that maybe we have said that have been a part of the divide. The anger that we carry, Father, we, we repent. The hatred that has been a part of all of this, the, the darkness that has come because maybe the church is supposed to be the light has allowed the darkness to control a bit. Father, I, I'm, I'm baffled. But Lord, you, you're God. Forgive us. Forgive me. God, we come to you now in your glory, in your power, in your grace, in your mercy, in your justice. We seek you now. Guide this time. Father, this world is dark. We need your light.
and you need your church to be your light. God, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know we can trust you. Father, bring us comfort. Bring us peace. We pray for our leadership. Whether we agree or disagree, we pray for our leadership and ask that you guide their steps and guide their hands. We pray for whatever's going to happen come Tuesday or beyond Tuesday, whatever's supposed to happen, God, that you again can guide and direct our steps as your church to be a part of the peace process, the healing process, the restoration and reconciliation process. Guide us in that. Father, humble us. Move us for your glory. Because it's in your mighty name that we move. It's in your glorious glorious place that we bow and we seek your truth and wisdom. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Community Elkins podcast. Um, Again, I am Pastor Bobby Benavides, and I really appreciate you joining us. I hope the message was encouraging. I hope it challenged you in your journey with Jesus and moves you to a deeper relationship with your Creator. Have a great week.